So, I'm out at the bar. You know, I'm drinking. I have my drinks. I'm drinking. I'm out with people. I'm talking. And, you know, it's just a normal night. And so I'm sitting there. And all of a sudden, one of our friends comes walking up. You know, he's just got there. He was here a little late. And he looks at me and he goes, Hey, you hear what happened with Paul George? I was like, what? What happened with Paul George? And he goes, Paul George to OKC. And I thought he was lying. You know, I thought it was one of those fake news, rumor monger type reports. So I go on Twitter, I look it up, and I see it's true. And you know, while I'm on Twitter just looking up, and I don't really care one way or the other. I mean, if you follow my timeline, you know how I feel about that. Like, getting Paul George is cool. That'd be cool. I'm not super excited about it. I'm more of a youth movement guy. But whatever. You know, that's cool that he's going to OKC. Good for them. And I see a trending topic. What's that trending topic? What do you think? (laughs) It's Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge is trending. And not for a positive reason. No, not because, you know, he did something well. Twitter thinks he did something poorly. Twitter thinks that he missed out tonight. They think that um, NBA draft, uh, NBA free agency, and NBA um, trade line or trade I've been drinking tonight <laughs> like you may have gotten this might ruin my whole uh, good vibe that I had going on Twitter now that I'm drunkenly rambling but anyway so yeah Danny Ainge you know they think that he's like a little kid in the candy store that he can just grab whatever he wants and just get away with it <laughs> they think you know it's just so easy you just you just make these moves you just give up these uh, abstract concepts which to them is like you know the picks they think you just go give them up and get your candy and all of a sudden you win games and you know everyone's happy but it's not like that it's realities in the NBA you have to work around the cap you have to work with your roster you have to deal with other front offices who might not look at things logically they might value some players higher they might value them lower you know you have to account for all this stuff this isn't you on 2k so let's go sort of one by one The reasons why I am totally fine with Danny Ainge passing on this. Like, absolutely, completely fine. I was actually thrilled. You know, if you follow me on Twitter, you know that. I thought they'd possibly save Danny Ainge from himself. I should have known that the master would not have fallen for this. And, you know, he didn't. But I was worried a little bit he would give up far too much for Paul George. Who's a great player. This is not really about Paul George. This is more about building a team and stuff. This is not really about Paul George. He's a great player, I think. You know, OKC did what they had to do to keep Russell to stay. And, you know, they did it. They'll be a fun team. They're going to get killed by the Warriors. <laughs> They're not even going to beat the Rockets. But, you know, hey, fine, whatever. You got They put people in seats. That's what they want in OKC. So, and they're doing that. Anyway, um, I mean, this is a team that traded Harden. So, <laughs> let's, you know, let's uh, look at their values over there. Anyway, let's go to the cap. This is something that exists. <laughs> I know it seems bizarre to people and out there because you see the Warriors and you see the Cavaliers just fucking, they just do whatever the fuck they want. You know, it looks like uh, uh, out there, you know. But they have to they have to obey the cap. They might go into luxury, but you still have to, you know, be aware of it. It's something that you have to plan around. And that's what the Celtics are doing. This is why they're not just going out and getting whoever you want. They have to plan around the cap. Um, They have to plan around Paul George 
and Golden, Gordon Hayward. Because if you just get Paul George, let's just say that, you just get Paul George, that's a team that you know Cleveland's still going to beat. Cleveland still beats the Celtics with Paul George. And they, cause, I mean, they have to give up value too, but which is a big part of it. But, you know, we won't even dwell on that. We'll just say Celtics with Paul George loses to Cleveland. I think that's safe to say. And even if they do pull it off, the Warriors just crush them. Like, let's be real about that. The Celtics can't go up against that firepower. Anyway, so the Celtics would essentially be going all in. They would be giving up assets for a player that doesn't put them over the top. Does that make sense to you? Does that? I, I know Twitter gets like caught up in the hype, but does that really like make sense to you? Why would you do that? Why would you give up all those assets for a player who doesn't put you over the top? And, you know, then you have to sign next year. Like, his contract's up. doesn't matter what extent. I'm not a cap doctor, by the way. I just read, like, smart people who are cap doctors. And they all say it's going to be super hard to sign Paul George anyway. Like, even if you don't get Hayward. We're throwing Hayward out the window. We're just saying just Paul George at this point. You know? Just Paul George alone is hard to resign because you have to resign Isaiah Thomas. You have to resign a few other guys. You know? And you have to figure that out. But, you know, maybe you're not worried about that. Maybe you're just like, whatever, you'll figure out the cap. So you just get Paul George, you fit him under the cap, fine. Okay. That's a team that doesn't beat um, the Warriors, that doesn't beat the Cavaliers. So so you, so you have to get Gordon Hayward too. Okay. Okay. So you trade for Paul George and you get Gordon Hayward. You sign Jordan, uh, Gordon Hayward to the max, which is what he deserves and what he will get. So now you have Gordon Hayward. <laughs> you have to fit him under the cap too. Like he's getting the max money. <laughs> So you have to give up players. You probably have to give up Marcus Smart. Like, that's a foregone conclusion. You have to give up Marcus Smart, I think. At least from what I've read, it seems like you have to give him up. Maybe you don't. Maybe you do. You know, you can gut the team in other ways. So you have to give up You have to give up value. Let's just say that. Beyond trade value for Paul George, you'd have to give up cap value. You know, you have to give up, like, minimum guys on the bench, stuff like that, whatever. I'm not a huge cap guy. Um, so you have to give up probably Smart and a few other guys just for cap purposes. So you get Paul George for, you know, whatever, future picks and Jay Crowder. <laughs> like, who gives a fuck about Jay Crowder? I agree. So you get him. You get Gordon Hayward. <laughs> so you have this huge cap issue, and you've had to trade away young assets like um, Rozier, who I don't like, by the way. I just think I should make that clear. I'm not overvaluing him. But you have to give him up. It's, um, you have to stash Yabu. Maybe you don't bring Zizek over. Maybe you figure that out. Maybe you get rid of Smart, too, on top of it, because this is hard to fit under the cap. So you do all that. And, you know, you've got the future a little bit. And all of a sudden, do you have a team that can beat the Warriors? I know people hate this. I know Twitter hates this. But this is a reality you have to face. You can't just brush it aside for your own hype and your own um, sort of, you know, build up to it. (laughs) You have to look at it honestly. You have to look at it as Danny Ainge. You have to look at it as a front office managing a team. You want to build a contender. That is your number one goal, to build a contender and to build a team that can actually win. So I, I would definitely say that the Gordon Hayward, Paul George Celtics, which, you know, you don't even know if Hayward signs here, <laughs> which is important to bring up. But let's assume he does because we're in that, you know, mode. Let's assume he's signing here. Are the Paul George, Gordon Hayward, Isaiah Thomas, Al Horford Celtics <laughs> a contender? Like, a, like an actual, like, beat the Warriors, like, guaranteed? Or not, let's not say guaranteed. That's not fair. Um... Do they really have a real chance to beat the Warriors? I mean, this, that's a team that's very good. That's a team that could beat them. But I think it's unlikely. Don't you? 
I think the likely result of that series is six games. Six games to the dubs. You know, Brad Stevens magics his way into two wins. Let's say that. And we're ignoring the Cavaliers in this scenario, by the way. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, they still have LeBron. <laughs> they still have a front court that will beat the shit out of Al Horford. Like, they still have Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love. That's not going away. Paul George doesn't really solve that problem. A little bit, but he doesn't really solve it. You know, you still just have Al Horford and Chizik, who if you can bring over, you know, you might not be able to. So, you just have this roster that is probably not winning you a title. It's probably not. You know, it's a fun team. It's a great team. I wouldn't be devastated to watch that team. But I'm not sad to not see that team. So, you know, they're probably not beating the Warriors. You probably don't get Banner 18. And then you go into the offseason. And Isaiah Thomas' contract expires. Um, Paul George needs money. You're paying Max to Hayward and Horford. So, <laughs> so you have to figure that out. Which, I'm not going to deep dive into, like, the cap. You know, you can look at, like, uh, oh, I'm going to screw up his name. I should look at it, but, you know, I'm too drunk to stand up and go across the room and grab the laptop. <laughs> so it's like Danger Cart or something like that. Ryan, um, he writes really good breakdowns of the cap. If you have a serious question about that, you can just ask me and I'll send a link to his Twitter because he breaks down the cap extremely well. <laughs> you can't just <laughs> signing Paul George with Gordon Hayward and Isaiah Thomas next year. <laughs> it's like, it's extremely difficult. You really have to fucking bend some shit to get that. You have to go deep into luxury, maybe the deepest luxury tax ever, at least from what I heard. And you have to give up like Marcus Smart and all the players who like sort of make the bench tick. Because, you know, bench matters. That Warriors bench is not bad if Iggy goes back. You have, to, you have to beat that bench. You have to beat the Cavs bench, who will find ways to add veteran minimum players because they all want to play with LeBron. You know, who we've been ignoring in this podcast. <laughs> like, we're just ignoring LeBron. Like, oh, that's not a threat. Like, we'll just play the Warriors, which is not guaranteed, even with the Paul George Gordon Hayward roster. So, I don't know. Let's just talk. Okay, so we kind of riffed about that a little bit. I'm drunk, so I'm just wandering around. I typed up an outline, and there's a bunch of spelling errors. <laughs> so let's just, you know, let's get myself another one. You know, I was out. I didn't want a podcast tonight. I don't want to fucking do that. I was out. And I hear about this trade, and I see Twitter being ignorant. So I felt the need to address it. And it's going to make this short. We're almost done. Maybe got five more minutes. Let's talk about something that's a little less concrete than that like that was more of like a concrete sort of reality you know what what's going to happen like in terms of the cap and the roster and the can you actually win banner 18 so let's talk about like something more abstract because I think there's sort of been uh, an affected mindset in the Celtics fan base and in Twitter in general I mean you have talking heads like Nick Wright who fucking <laughs> is just like this idiot and you guys listen to him for whatever reason but whatever. I mean, I love his stance on social issues, but besides that, like, he's an idiot when it comes to actual sports. Um, so, anyway, so these people, like Nick Wright and the people of the world, they need to create hype. Like, they need to create content, which I get, you know, that's your job, fair enough. Like, you don't have any loyalty to the Celtics or whatever. You know, you gotta create hype, and they do that, and they create hype, and you know, it's entertaining or whatever. The problem is, people buy into that people don't see that they're just creating content <laughs> like um people start to believe you know that's what the celtics need to do this guy said it this guy who's never held an nba office like a skip Bayless or Stephen a never held 
you know, actual thing. Uh, or Nick Wright uh, never held like a significant level of office. You know, what we need to, they create this reality where the, it drives the fans to saying, we need to do something. We need to do something. That's the mentality that sort of infects Twitter. And, you know, the other fan bases egg it on. They love that, like, neutral fan Twitter, which is fine. I get it. You got your jokes off. I get my jokes off, too. I get it. I try not to take it personal. You guys are going to meme about Danny Ainge and not doing anything and, you know, <laughs> look at all those empty assets. I get I Come on. I get that. Fucking. <laughs> if Danny Ainge is on a different team, I'd probably do the same fucking thing. I get it. I get it. And I think you get it, too. I think most of them get it. I think most of them like are like, whatever, Danny Ainge is a good GM. You know, we're just memeing. But Celtics fans see that, and I think it drives them a little crazy. You know, I think I think um, that sort of hype, that expectations versus actual reality sort of like reaches this critical mass. <laughs> and they're just like, fuck, we got to do something. You know, we got to, we have to do something. They all said it. Twitter's roasting us. Um, we have to go all in. Fans in general like going all in, by the way. They say they don't, like eight months down the road. And this is in any sport. This is in any sport. Fans like to go all in because they don't actually bear the consequences of a team going all in. A team going all in won't get them fired. They're not a GM or anything. Like, they don't have to live with that. Like, if they say, you know, let's sign all these guys, let's do that. And this is how teams end up with players like, why well, don't. This is a little different, but like a Carmelo type, if he was a free agent right now, some team would like sign him to like huge money and that team would just suck, but the fans would be happy for a few months because they fucking signed Carmelo Anthony. I'm sorry to bag on you like that, Carmelo, but <laughs> you're the first example I can think of of a player that will get huge money and not actually be that good <laughs> or um, not actually elevated team. Let's say that because he is very good. Yeah, so fans love that. Fans love the hype. They love big free agent signings. They love everything. And I say this as a Red Sox fan because <laughs> the Red Sox are huge fans of doing that. Same with the Yankees. Yeah, whatever. That's a different sport. But that type of mentality infects everyone. People love huge contracts. They love getting name brand guys, guys they know, guys they can quantify, guys that they can look at and go, that is a star. Does that star actually win you anything? doesn't matter. I mean, they're all convinced they will. So they're just they're just pumped to see a great player in their hometown. They're pumped to have that temporary time where they can shut up other fucking fan bases. And that's cool. That's cool. You know, but that's not how a GM should plan a team. A GM should look at the reality. They need to look at the cap. They need to look at the roster. They need to look at what they know about the players. And they need to look at the competition. They do. They really do. They need to evaluate that. And that's what Danny Ainge does. Danny Ainge is not here to make you happy in the short term. He is here to win banners. Banners, plural. And that's what you are doing when you build a young team that is under control. Because that's, that's how the NBA is now with like the um, CBA and all that stuff. Uh, you control young players forever, basically. I'm not a cap doctor. I don't know the fucking exact details, but it's like seven to eight years, right? Seven to nine years, maybe, where like basically you can just outbid everyone and guarantee that they're coming back. The most valuable asset in all of sports is, or yeah, maybe all of sports, is a young player in the NBA that you control. Like a 
Carl Anthony Towns is like <laughs> a perfect example. Or like an Anthony Davis now, a little bit, he's a little bit older now, but you know, that's fine. Um, still an insanely valuable asset. Um, a Carl Anthony Towns or like a Joel Embiid, you know, Ben Simmons, Marco Fultz. <laughs> yeah, Sixers fans. Yeah, you got some, you got some valuable assets in there. But those are the most valuable players in the NBA because you control them. They're on your team for almost a decade. You can do whatever you want. You can build them around. You can match all their contracts. They are staying. Older players like Jimmy Butler and Paul George, they have less value than you think. Their contracts are expiring. They're not restricted. They're you know they can they have leverage. They they can leave if they want to leave. They can manage your team. Young players on contracts are so valuable, and that's how the Warriors built their team. I know you you know we kind of look at KD right now. But look at Steph, look at Clay, and look at um, Dre. <laughs> they drafted all of them, and that's their core. You know, obviously they have KD now, but you know they didn't on the first banner, and they didn't last year when they were the best team ever and fucking blew a three-one lead. <laughs> they had all drafted, basically all drafted, and they acquired some other talent, you know, through various deals and stuff, kind of like the Celtics with like Jay Crowder level players. I can already hear Twitter getting angry, but <laughs> that's a perfect example of a player that you could have surrounded by talent and that could win you a title. Like you put like Jay Crowder on our team of like three of the best 10 players in the NBA and he wins a title. <laughs> he's not holding the team back. He's not very good in terms of like superstardom, but he's not holding the team back. He's a positive player. You know, that type of thing. Like Andre Udawa, who obviously was better than Jay Crowder in his prime, but now about same positive level impact player a little bit better at least a few years ago when they actually won the title and he was a finals MVP but yeah that's this is what it comes back to it comes back to you want to control young players on contract that's how you create the next Golden State Warriors that's how you do it I mean look at the look at the Spurs who are like a lesser version of this but they're still excellent drafters they had Duncan they had Kawhi um, they had all of them all drafted. That's how smart teams do it. I know Twitter hates that, but that's what you're trying to build. You're trying to build a smart team that you can sustain. Sustainable success is what you're trying to build. If a ripoff deal comes along, then you want to take it. But do you see a ripoff deal? Like, I mean, the OKC traded two very good young players. Oladipo and um, Sabonis. You know, they're <laughs> they're good. I really like Simonis. I think, you know, I won last year the Celtics to trade up and take him, but we didn't. But anyway, I, I think he's going to be a good player. He struggled a little bit. Struggled a little bit last year. He's 20 years old. I think he's going to be a good player. Nola Depot is a good player. Is that a King's Ransom? No, of course not. Danny could have beat that. Guaranteed Danny could have beat that. But do you want to? Like, do you want to beat that? And I'm not going to recap on it because I kind of already rambled. I'm drunk and I want to go to bed. But <laughs> I think I laid out a case. Like, why would you want to beat that? Why? Why would you give up young assets? Why would you give up LA 18, which is an extremely good pick? You know, potentially. I I just don't see it. I really don't. I think, you know, I'm, I'm more than willing to criticize Danny Ainge. <laughs> I criticize Bill Belichick all the fucking time, man. If you follow me for the past season, you know I criticize him. And Belichick's a genius, obviously. Don't need to say that. He's far and beyond anyone else. And I criticize him all the time. 
I'm willing to criticize people, you know. But they actually have to do something worth criticizing. And to me, Danny Ange passing up on big trades, it's not criticizing. It's not worth it. Why would I criticize that? I agree. You should pass it up. I think all the real basketball minds, like the people who matter, agree. I think if you polled good GMs, they would all agree with Danny Ainge's performance. Like, uh, maybe you guys should roll up on Sam Hinkie. Go ask Hinkie what he thinks about Danny Ainge. <laughs> your, your process guy that you guys all love, and I like to, you know, smart guy. Go ask him what he thinks of Danny Ainge and what he's done. But yeah, that's my podcast. I'm trying to keep it short tonight because I'm fucking drunk, and this is probably going to ruin all my goodwill that I've earned where I just ramble forever. <laughs> but anyway, I had to defend Danny Age. I saw it. This is an emergency fucking podcast. Uh, I'll call to the wall. I had to go up there, stand up, throw some rocks on the wildlings. You know how it is. But word, this is a <laughs> technically this is the second ever episode of Revenge of the Parquet with Jake Pimenta. Hope you guys fucking enjoyed it. Hope you guys defend Danny Age. Um, I hope if you do bash Danny Age. You come from a place of, like, logic and not, why didn't he do it? Man, Nick Wright said he should do it. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Um, if you have any questions, just hit me up on Twitter. Uh, if you like the podcast, subscribe. I'm out.